the distant future. CERN learned that the legend of Wormwood was true and that humans cannot live safely on planet Earth. An international team of space explorers is loaded on a first-ever AI, artificial intelligence, operated starship under the Artificial Limitless Intelligence System. The starship and its multi-century voyage to a distant moon and transporting the people on board in its 20th year, a hibernation pod opens prematurely and the one person that awakes, Lieutenant Commander Braxton Northfield, saves the ship. But the bigger question was who woke him? That would be the Artificial Limitless Intelligence System, or Alice, as she calls herself. Get your copy of David K. Montoya's emotionally charged chapbook, Alice, a science fiction love story, at www.mythmart.com or wherever books are sold. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA. This is Tim here with episode 251 of the World of Myth Bits. Welcome, listeners. Welcome to episode 251. Uh, this is the kickoff episode towards the next 250. Aiming for, for 500, and uh, in the words of Buzz Lightyear to infinity and beyond. I've just listened uh, back on the uh, 250th episode, and I have a very big... Zoe Montoya grin, my Cheshire cat grin is on. Thank you so much, everybody who uh, was part of that podcast, uh, everybody that gave the, the special messages, the congratulations. Uh, Jenna, the, to, to, to hear from you uh, that, that you're listening in, that you're really enjoying the, the direction that I've sort of taken the, the podcast. Uh, I'm so incredibly grateful to you for uh, for the the audience that I had from episode the the first episode that I did uh, 184 185 um, well whatever it was uh, Steph 94 episodes uh, the like just for, to to everybody who uh, who has been a part of this journey that sort of led up to this point for uh, for this podcast and for all the great podcasts that are um, a part of that Jayzo Mon podcast family. Uh, I just wanted to yeah to, to thank you all very much. Uh, yeah, the the uh, the other podcasts are certainly racing ahead, racing towards that uh, that 250th and beyond, uh, and it's great that um, we have such a strong listener audience out there and i'm i'm honored those of you who are tuning in uh, those those of you who are uh, whether it's through uh, through soundcloud through your favorite podcast app um through the um the world of myth facebook page uh and american radio as well those those of you who are uh, joining us every monday with your your cup of coffee Starting your week, starting your day, 
Uh, it's uh, it's a real privilege, absolutely. Uh, and just wanted to say thank you. Kicking off this episode, diving straight into housekeeping. Just trying to find where. Oh no, it's gone. I'm thinking, what what have you left for me? Uh, CEO, Mr. David K. Montoya. Um, let's, well, while, while I'm scrambling and, uh, and looking incredibly professional for episode 251, uh, I swear I had it up, I had it ready, and then it just disappeared. The, the wonder of technology. That's it. That's a, a very Gen X thing to do. Blame the technology, but it's certainly not the driver. Here we go. Um, but yes, make sure that you, um, you check out, oh, message from Dave, it's 107 pages, the, the new magazine, the um, November edition of the World of Myth magazine is 107 pages, so uh, so that's pretty cool, that's um, something that uh, we've got to look forward to, coming out very, very soon. Yes, so just uh, just wanted to say, yeah, a, a great big thank you to uh, to those who uh, who are regular listeners, those who are tuning in for the first time. My name's Tim. Just saying, g'day from SA down uh, down in the uh, southern hemisphere. Bit of an Aussie accent coming at you. Here we go. So on to housekeeping uh, from our um, fearless leader. Here we go. So, yes, 107 pages for the November edition of the World of Myth magazine, uh, and I'm sure that it is full to the brim of uh, wonderful travels, great short stories, uh, a plethora of poetry, and uh, a great art gallery. Uh, looking forward to seeing who gets the cover this time. Uh, but yes, straight diving straight into housekeeping. Uh, right off the bat, number one, Dark Myth Publications is proud to announce its final publication of the 2023 year is a chapbook written by David K. Montoya titled Alice. So A L exclamation mark S and it's pronounced Alice. A science fiction love story due out tomorrow, December 5th. That's pretty cool news. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. I remember uh, mentioning Alice in the 250th episode and um, Dave and Steph saying that it's a love story, science fiction love story, and then giggling. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see. Uh, knowing Dave's work, there's probably a bit of romance in there somewhere, but it's going to be dark. It's going to be uh, a um, a thrilling ride, I'm sure. Uh, for those of you who are, who are big, big fans of the science fiction genre, get excited about this one. Uh, and for those of you who just love a story, and for those that just love the classic idea of a chapbook, like I, um, I'm familiar with the idea of uh, of chapbooks being a, a way of for poets to get their poetry out there. Get uh, get interest from the market and uh, and that sort of thing, but uh, it's going to be uh, be very very interesting to see how this story comes out in uh, in chapbook format. And then on to number two, Dark Myth Comics. 
Darknet Comics is also excited to announce that digital copies of American Smash will be available to purchase through comixology.com. That's C-O-M-I-X-O-L-O-G-Y dot com. And Kindle. Issue 1 will be available January 9th. But the one-shot is out now. So make sure that you jump on uh, comixology.com, uh, Kindle, uh, like your Amazon. Um, check check those out. And yeah, and if you're keen for a one-shot, yeah, definitely check check it out now. Uh, otherwise, um, January 9th. So, uh, so just a, a bit over a month away. Uh, get excited. Uh, I think this is pretty cool. Um, I, uh, I love the, uh, the ideas, the, the way that the graphic novel is, uh, has, its popularity is coming back. Like it, it's coming back and it's coming back strong. Uh, and the, the wealth of, um, interesting titles, uh, that, that are available now, uh, including American Smash. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that out. Number three. Uh, owner of the Jezo Mon Dark Myth Company, Mr. David K. Montoya, met with the board of directors. So this is, this is the thing from episode 250 where, um, Steph said, no, 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 we can't talk about board of directors because this is a fun episode. So obviously episode 251, not so fun. Uh, not so big on celebration. Uh, looking back on the past, uh, but we do have to mention this sort of stuff just to to keep the submitters, uh, those of us who are sending in our stories, our poetry, our, our art, our reviews, uh, just to keep everybody honest, I guess. So this is yeah, this is the big announcement. Um, Make sure that you're you're listening in. Uh, if you've got any questions, contact Dave. the The kicker is he's laid out a new business plan for the future of the company. Uh, and step one was dissolving the board. So there's no more board, no more board of uh, of executives. Um, this was yeah, this was a big deal. And, uh, and Dave actually shared with me the um the video of the meeting where the announcement was made uh, and the, the response from the members of the board, the board's now dissolved. Um, the board seemed to understand the position that the company was in uh, and the fact that drastic measures such as this uh, were certainly needed. So... Uh, Dave's laid out a new business plan for the future and dissolving the board and any executive roles was basically step one. Uh, so Dave will continue to be president and publisher of the company while uh, Steph will continue in the role of uh, editor-in-chief. Uh, Walt will also remain as the director of the Open Contract Challenge and Jeff R. Young will continue to be general manager of the Midmark store. So um, even though there's no executive, no board anymore, the, those people will retain those positions because they're required for the company to continue on and 
in the new direction where it's going. Again, any questions, flick them to Dave uh, as, uh, as president. Um, I guess there's no CEO anymore. Um, but yeah, Dave, Dave retains uh, ownership of the, the company, uh, continues in that role of president. So any questions, any queries, definitely flick them in his direction. Uh, and finally, Dave's asked me to inform everyone that he will be contacting those of you who have reached out about audio and print ads for 2024. Congratulations to those of us who have filled those spots that were available. Uh, you will hear from Dave uh, pretty, pretty soon. Uh, and from previous housekeeping, uh, my understanding that the company is still uh, reviewing the, the finance and getting in touch with any contributors that are owed royalties. Uh, and I think that's around February next year where um, that should be completed. So uh, if, you're, if you're curious, if you're uh, thinking that maybe you're, you're not sure if, uh, if you're in that boat, uh, by all means, get in touch with Dave. Um, yeah, see, um, see basically where he's got to, where he's at. Um, and yeah, it may, may be that you still need to get a few more sales, or it may be that he's not quite up to reviewing your sort of section yet. Um, but yeah, the, I'd, I'd probably wait until around that February mark. Um, probably by the end of February. Like early March, if you sort of haven't heard and you thought that you might be hearing from uh, from Dave about that sort of thing, uh, by all means get in touch. Uh, and don't forget, of course, the um, the December magazine uh, is still open up until the fifteenth of December, looking for uh, Christmas theme, December theme, um, seasonal holiday type stories, poetry, art, etc., etc. Uh, if you do have stories, poems, travels, art that sort of fits outside of that theme, don't worry. Please still send it in if you want to get it in for the, um, uh, if you want it to be considered for the December magazine. Um, the, yeah, the, I, I know that the, um, the world of myth is keen to actually theme that sort of magazine around that season. Around winter and Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, New Year, that, that sort of stuff. Um, but if your, um, if your story or your, your piece sort of fits outside of that, but be not, send it anyway. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed, uh, we'll have a, uh, another bumper, bumper, uh, like a, a hundred plus page magazine that's available. Um, on the magazine, just wanted to quickly mention as well, I don't know if we're all following the uh, the Facebook page for the Word of Myth magazine. The announcement that was made uh, regarding the slight delay. I know that uh, that Dave trying to get it set up with the new e PDF format so that there's still the functionality where we can vote for pieces. Uh, I think that's what uh, was causing the delay in. Um, the release of the um, the latest edition, uh, and of course the um, 
unfortunately there was something that uh, that came up with um, the October edition with the uh, the brilliant cover from uh, from Jenna Sparks. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I think there's been a uh, slight problem with the possibility of getting print copies, uh, hard copies of uh, of that magazine. Uh, but I'm sure that that's something that they're still working on uh, and hopefully able to resolve. So, um, and yes, so, sorry, before I uh, I jump into the episode, um, just wanted to say yes, I've, uh, I've jumped on MythMart.com and this is the best place where you can go to support the authors, support the artists that are producing this collective range of amazing material for um, for all of us to, to sort of enjoy. Uh, so yeah, just sort of jumping on, I'm, I'm having a look. Katmandu, of course, is um, the uh, the latest the the book of short stories by uh, Walter G. Esselman. Then there's the Monster Within, the great anthology that uh, that's uh, that's been produced this year by um, Dark Myth. Uh, the the Dragon themed one by Walt as well. Uh, my teen fiction um, parody, uh, my fantasy parody, Myrtle Norton's Guide for World Domination. Uh, also, what else have we got? Well, you've had a busy year. We've got uh, Parents by uh, Stephanie J. Barty, the wonderful book by uh, by Looper. Uh, and then Cowboys vs. Nazis by Walt as well. Uh, the Neighbor by me. Uh, the uh, the kids one from uh, from M-, M Kids Press, um, and then of course the the wonderful range of t-shirts, uh, posters as well. I believe was uh, was mentioned in the last podcast. Uh, yes, through the eyes of madness, angel of darkness, promised rewards. Ah, oh, there's there's just so many amazing, wonderful titles, and then you go back through like the back catalogue as well. Uh, there's, um, yeah, such a, such a great range. Um, Mythmart is, uh, does honestly have something for everyone. So, uh, so yeah, make sure that you check that out. Um, and the, yeah, to, to sort of jump into the theme of, uh, of episode 251, let's go today with, uh, achievements. Where, um, my wife and I are incredibly proud, uh, proud of our girls and the, the sort of the efforts that they're putting into their, their education and their schooling and their learning and, and that sort of thing. But, uh, we did recently attend the year 12, like the, uh, matric year graduation for my son and his class, the class of 2023. Uh, and we were incredibly proud and very, very pleasantly surprised to see that our son won, um, Two class awards, one for um, economics, and one for oh, was it marketing? Something? I, I can't remember. But anyway, the um, yeah, and then there was an award for uh, was it some sort of grant, education grant or something? 
uh, which was from um, one of our local politicians. Uh, and yeah, we were pleasantly discovered that uh, that our son was awarded that as well. He's uh, most recently come back from an overseas school trip uh, to Japan, which he loved immensely and uh, and had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, and uh, is uh, is already planning to uh, to return his uh, his follow up trip. Uh, and the the great thing is the opportunities for as an ambassador for him to to sort of go over and create that relationship uh, between an Australian family and a Japanese family, and he's done it so successfully. Like they, they love him to bits. Like they, they can't wait for him to come back. And, and this is a family that is regularly hosting students from overseas. They've all just had such a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, it's great to have him back, though. It's great, uh, great to have uh, our son back in Australia, um, achieving great things. Um, Looking forward to uh, to seeing what the future holds for him. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, so it's a uh, a very proud parent moment. Uh, and something else that I'm proud about is um, talking to CEOs. Talking to people in important roles uh, about community services uh, like libraries. The, um, I was lucky enough to uh, to head into the city uh, this week to uh, to catch up and network with um, other library managers from uh, from around South Australia, uh, and the opportunity to um, sort of learn what's new, what's coming up. Uh, and, uh, and one of the things that, uh, that came up from the, uh, the meeting, the presentation, um, uh, that we had was, um, hearing about the way that games are used, are being used in libraries now to create that new experience. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. One, one of the things that sort of come about is, um, where I'm noticing that there are people that came to libraries as children, that they sort of lost interest in their mid-teen, late-teen years, early adulthood, uh, and now they're coming back. Either they're coming back with their families, um, with their young kids introducing them to libraries, uh, or they're coming back in their retirement years uh, after decades away, and they're discovering that the library is no longer the hallowed hall of silence that they are used to, that perhaps they're looking for. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a very, very interesting conversation to have with these people saying, oh, I thought libraries were quiet places, uh, as we've just had a group of kindy kids come through. Uh, or a school class, or um, the the teenagers that like to hang out at the library after school, or um, we've got somebody that's that's come in for um, 
like a, an online meeting, like a Zoom meeting, or team marketing team meeting, or whatever it is. Um, there's there's noise, there's vibrancy, there there's things happening in the library because libraries these days are a community space. They're all about community, what the community needs, what the community wants, uh, and how is there a way that the library or some other front facing council facility can actually help communities to fill that need. And people are surprised. They're they're coming in and they're going that doesn't fit in with my understanding or my vision of or my memory of what a library was like and what a library should be like. And what I'm wondering is in the next ten years, the next twenty years, are we going to have that conversation with people basically saying Oh, I thought libraries were physical spaces. I thought libraries were um, places where you could borrow items, borrow DVDs, borrow books, borrow magazines, um, and meeting spaces, meeting places for community. Um, now they're all about digital. Now they're all about uh, online services, really pushing that online presence, uh, being the expert in that field. Um, the, is is this the next direction that libraries are going to take? Is this the next need, the requirement that uh, that communities have for these types of spaces? Are we rearranging the shelving? Are we removing the shelving? Um, are we digitising the entire collection? Um, are libraries going to shrink? Or our library is going to grow in size because more people need to meet. Uh, is it going to be an opportunity for local businesses uh, like cafes uh, and uh, and other sort of services? That uh, is the is it going to be that the the local council and that the, the library space is going to be where the the small business bases themselves and hires the space. So that they can meet, so that they can produce their products. Is it going to be makerspace facilities for um, for Etsy businesses and Pinterest businesses and uh, as such? Um, I I think there's a lot of opportunities which we need time and we need finances to be able to properly explore. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what local councils uh, and what supporters of library services. Uh, are going to be willing to come along on that journey uh, and um, to sort of em- embrace those new opportunities and-, and help libraries to help their communities. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting to wonder what's going on overseas. Uh, it's interesting to think what can possibly happen in Australia. Are we going to be leaders? Of innovation, uh, or are we going to lag that little bit behind uh, and try and keep pace with Europe or America or uh, the um, uh, Asian libraries that are streets ahead with uh, with technology, sort of testing that uh, as a uh, as a new environment, as a new opportunity on the on the front foot, uh, on the forefront. Making sure that it works before the rest of us sort of adapt it.
uh, and, and look to uh, to adopt that as part of our regular everyday service that we provide. Um, yeah. So the yeah, there's there's interesting. Uh, one of the interesting things for for me is to discover that on average for libraries, we're now at the point where we're about seventy percent digital interaction and off-site interaction compared to 30% of, uh, of physical uh, in-store bricks and mortar uh, type servicing. So, uh, but for myself personally and the library where I work, it's, um, it's very opposite. We're about probably 60% or 66% to uh to thirty three percent the opposite way. So uh we're a lot more physical interactions, I believe, compared to the digital. Uh and that may be because of the, the lack of confidence, the lack of skill, the lack of uh the equipment and opportunity that uh, that our community um the sort of the, the heart of our community uh and also the outer suburbs that we've got uh, the smaller country towns that are, are part of our council area. It's interesting to get yeah, to, to think why is it that we're not following that trend the, the same as, say, maybe the, the city libraries are. Um, are there other country libraries that are, uh, uh, more on the front foot with, uh, with digital access and, uh, Digital, uh, digital services interaction and, and, and such. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, uh, we're, we're on the cusp of something new, I, uh, I believe. Uh, and it's going to be, uh, be interesting to see how long it takes everybody to get to that certain point where, uh, where that's normal. Uh, I was talking with, uh, with a colleague from, um, from the support agency that supports all South Australian libraries, um, a, uh, uh, a team called PLS, Public Library Services. Uh, and it was, uh, was interesting to, uh, to sort of make mention of streaming services, uh, and the, uh, the fact that a few libraries, so there's no network wide Streaming service that uh, that's being invested in, um, but there are some libraries that have actually invested themselves in um, access to uh, to online streaming services for their uh, their borrowers to use, uh, and also the um, the physical like uh, making tablets available for their borrowers to use uh, in library as well. So we have the uh, the public computers. That, uh, that people can access, uh, for free using their library membership or, uh, using a guest pass, which we can allocate, uh, to them at the counter. Uh, but is that a barrier? Is that in- impeding their access, uh, and then limiting them to two hours of, uh, of access to, uh, online per day where they may not have a computer at home? They may not have an internet, internet, uh, connection. At home, is, is are we doing the right thing by limiting them? Yeah, it's uh, it's a an, an interesting dilemma. 
Uh, I can honestly tell you, looking out at the, the bank of computers that we have available for public use, very rarely can I see that all computers are being used. Uh, and quite often somebody will come to the counter and go, oh, my library card, our alloc- uh, hours allocation has run out. Can you do me a guest pass? And, um, let's, nine times out of ten, we're supposed to say no. We're, we're supposed to say you've had your allocation for the day. Uh, and those, that was because we had, um, at the old library where we had no limit on, uh, on the amount of time that, uh, people could access. We have people on for four or five hours at a time, which we deemed unhealthy. We had a lot less facilities. Uh, I think we only had about six, where we've got 12, 12, 13 computers available for people to use now. Four or 14 if you, if you really, really need. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the six computers that we had, five at, uh, at some time when, um, one of them was out of action and, uh, and taken away. Um, the, the increase in the number of computers that we have available, uh, is it right for us in this day and age to be able to say to people, no, you can't access for longer than two hours a day? The, we're, we're restricting your, your access because it's for the whole of public and we need to make sure there's a short wait time if people do need to wait for um, for the computers. And I guess the, the flip side of that is we have a free DVD collection, we have a free CD collection, but we have one copy of a particular movie. So if somebody comes in and says, uh, do you have Farlap on the shelf? A, we may not have Farlap as part of our collection, um, but Farlap would be available somewhere in the South Australian Libraries Network. So if you wanted to to borrow a DVD on Farlap, by all means, we could have one brought in for you. It would take a couple of weeks. Are you willing to wait? Or you could drive down to, say, one of the, the close-by local libraries for other councils, other communities, and with your one card, one library access for South Australia, you could uh, you could just borrow it there and then take it home. That works well, and some people are happy to do that if they need it immediately. They want it right now. They're happy to travel and to take the time to get it. Uh, otherwise, people have to wait. They have to wait. So is it right that they have to wait for computer access as well? Uh, and is it right that we can say, say to them, you've had your allocated time for the day. You now need to stop. You now need to look elsewhere for, um, for access. And it may or may not be free. Um, you might have to ask a friend or ask a neighbour if you have that great relationship. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, I thought, just a uh, uh, an interesting question to sort of throw out there. What is the role of the library of the future? Uh, and the future may be the next five years, or it may be the next ten years, or it may be the next fifty years. Where will libraries be in the next fifty years? Uh, I, uh, I've just had one of my fans, my, uh, my library families ask me if, uh, if story time, I do a bedtime stories at the local library where I work. 6 p.m. we kick off. I come in dressed in my dressing gown. Uh, I'm sure that you can imagine it. Uh, 
we sing a, a wiggle song or two. Uh, love the Aussie band. Love the kids, kids songs that the wiggles come up with. Um, and, and yeah, we, we generally run amok, run amok, have good fun, uh, and put a, um, a Milo or a hot chocolate on for the kids at night. Uh, I, uh, I've just had the, uh, the parent double check because the last couple of sessions that I've tried to run, either I've been away on holidays or they've been away due to, um, study, practical, um, family, uh, occasions or, uh, or that sort of thing. So, uh, this time I think the stars have definitely aligned, uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, uh, I'm definitely excited, looking forward to, uh, to catching up with the family again. Uh, the other thing too, uh, we, uh, had the, the opportunity to, uh, to do youth activities. Dungeons and Dragons is something that I'm very keen on. I love the imagination. I love the storytelling aspects of it. Um, and we just have great, great fun with uh, yeah, the the next generation of players. I've got uh, like a group that are probably between the ages of uh, of fourteen and seventeen, uh, and yeah, really, really, really enjoying. Uh, had a great opportunity to uh, to catch up with my group and introduce a new player as well, which is uh, always fun. Uh, always uh, keen to to add fresh blood. And um, the fun thing about Dungeons and Dragons is it usually works quite well with a group of about four to six players. Uh, anything less than that, and the scenarios can be quite challenging. Uh, and my last couple of sessions, I've had some players away uh, due to illness or uh, dropping out due to, uh, to personal reasons. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it's good to get, uh, to be able to add back to the numbers. Uh, uh, and, uh, I'm looking forward as well with, uh, the opportunity to finish up the, uh, the adventure that we're running at the moment. We've got, uh, yeah, just a, uh, just a, a, a fun, fun adventure that, uh, that I'm sort of making up as I go along. But it's going to be good to actually get back to uh, to a bit of structure uh, and to reintroduce my players to that rolling up a new character process, where they're able to have that input in what sort of character they play. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully they're uh, they're learning now the importance of working together as a team. And hopefully, they're, um, when they create the new characters for this new scenario, uh, hopefully it's, uh, a balanced, um, a balanced party. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll discover what it is that they've, uh, that they've learnt, uh, we'll discover what it is, uh, how the group dynamic is going to function with, um, the, the new people that are sort of coming in, uh, I'm, I'm very pleased and very happy with how welcoming, uh, the, the core group has been, uh, in, uh, 
one of their friends or two of their friends dropping out. Um, and then another player, um, somebody that I know uh, quite well, a, a young fellow with a great imagination. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's been great to see um, see him sort of come in to the core group and then establish himself as the, as a part of that. And then uh, it was wonderful to uh, to have this last session um, that happened last week. The, um, the the way that the core group was able to adapt to the fact that we've got two fresh new faces possibly joining. Um, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully that uh, that they'll enjoy it enough um, that they'll uh, they'll attend regularly. Uh, yeah, it's a it's an exciting exciting opportunity. So I guess this is uh, this is the exciting episode. Uh, I mean, probably not super super exciting to uh, to hear that news about the um, the fact that the the board of directors has uh, has now been dissolved. But I trust in Dave's vision for the company, and I trust in the uh, the plans for uh, for moving forward. Uh, and um, yeah, I I I think having those core people in those roles is exciting. Um, the opportunities for my son and his future. With, uh, with how well he's done with his schooling, uh, I think is also exciting. Um, the the way that my girl, like our uh, my wife and I, our daughters, the, the way that there there's some exciting things on the horizon for them as well, uh, which I think is uh, is wonderful. Um, uh, and um, personally. Uh, Exciting for uh, for myself and, and my wife. Um, we uh, we love going to the theatre, but we don't get enough of an opportunity. the The last time that we went to the theatre was to see uh, Dirty Dancing Life, which uh, which is a, a movie that uh, that we both love, uh, and it was a great theatrical adaptation. Of uh, of that story of that film, uh, yeah, a lot a lot of fun. Uh, and my wife has seen years and years ago Miss Saigon, uh, and I've never watched it. I've never seen it, but it's something that we're both very passionate to see. Um, I'm fascinated with history, fascinated with other cultures, uh, and I have heard a bit about Miss Saigon. But I'm not overly familiar with the the actual story that it, it portrays, so uh, I'm very very keen to see, uh, and just the opportunity to get away to uh, to have a bit of together time um, with a house full of teenagers. You you don't get a lot of opportunity to uh, to sort of have uh, a bit of uh, a romantic time together, uh, time to be able to just Make new memories uh, and experience things together, just the the two of us. So uh, yeah, that's something that I'm I'm very keen, very excited to um, to have. That's the uh, the Christmas present 
that uh, that we arrange for each other. And just the, the opportunity to have a night away, sort of head into the city, uh, just, uh, yeah, the, a, a bit of time away from home, like it's only uh, an overnight thing. Uh, I've got to, uh, to work the next evening, so uh, can't really extend it out to, uh, to a few days or a week or, or that sort of thing. Um, and the other thing that we're excited about is, uh, fingers crossed, we're hoping to do another interstate trip with um, with my family um, and my my brother-in-law as well with um, with like their family. Um, we've got a great relationship um, happening. With two sisters, um, two best mates, married two sisters, uh, and we both live in the, the same town. So it's just a um, a great opportunity to yeah sort of extend that bond uh and to um yeah to sort of have uh, a lot of fun together so looking forward to that that's hopefully something that next year uh probably mid to late next year so we'll we'll be saving up for that um over the year uh and um hopefully that's something that uh, it's a, a place where we've never travelled before. Um, lots of opportunities to create new memories. Uh, lots, uh, lots and lots of opportunities. Um, and to, to fly in a plane again is uh, is very cool. It's um, one of those places in South Australia where going from South Australia to New South Wales to Sydney uh, is um, probably a, a twelve-hour drive. Which you could do in a day if you were really silly and really, really wanted to, uh, or you could fly in a plane and hire a car uh, and do it in four hours or, uh, or that sort of thing. So uh, I, uh, I know we could do it. We could drive if we really, really wanted to, but um, yeah, just a, another opportunity to uh, to get experience flying a plane. Uh, yeah, that's, that's something else that we're excited about. So there's, there's lots going on. Um, with the writing, uh, I'm still going through that, that editing. Editing takes a long time, uh, especially to get it right. Um, and especially when you're sort of editing the story and instead of just looking for words and repeated words, looking for better ways to phrase things. Um, when you're you're sort of discovering new scenes uh, and uh, elaborations which uh, which you think need to and should be in the book in the story, uh, yeah, that that sort of increases the time. Uh, but the, yeah, it's um it's fun to look back on what we've written and what we've previously submitted uh, and seeing how dif- like different stories woven together to make one longer story, one uh, no- novel experience, uh, yeah, has, uh, has been fun, definitely. So, uh, so I'm excited about that hopefully coming out from, uh, from Dark Myth as well in 2024. Fingers crossed. 
with any luck. Uh, and also, of course, I've got, um, Atlas Tales. Uh, that sort of, I know I keep promising it's coming to a close. Um, but it is, it is. I, uh, I, I'm waiting for Paetra to inspire me and show me the, the path that will sort of bring that to, uh, to some sort of an ending. Um, very open ending. But, uh, Yes, I, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that, seeing uh, seeing how that goes, uh, and of course, the teacher. I've got one more chapter to go for the teacher, and then I'll be editing that. Uh, that's uh, yeah, something else that uh, that I'm excited about. Something else, another opportunity to uh, to get my my story, my uh, my inner child out there for other people to experience and other people to enjoy. So. Uh, that's probably me. That's uh, that's what I've got. Uh, episode two hundred and fifty-one. Excited about where we're going next, um, and hopefully, episode two hundred and fifty-two will be able to be the November magazine review, uh, and episode two fifty-three, two fifty-four. Uh, Dawn, if you're listening, I would love to be able to touch base with you again. Uh, take that opportunity to. Uh, to redo our interview. Same questions, um, because I enjoyed it. I think there was a lot of great content there, but unfortunately, uh, under the circumstances, um, your side of the story didn't really come through. So I would love to be able to give you that second opportunity to be able to tell that story and share those experiences. Uh, and Lynn. Lynn Phillips, my eye is on you. Uh, I would really, really love to touch base with you uh, and just talk children's stories. Just talk that joy, that pure, the, the love that you've got for that genre, uh, and how much fun they are to write. I'm so incredibly grateful to you for, um, for reminding me of the, the love that I had growing up for reading and the types of stories that I was introduced to as a young reader, that got me hooked. Um, they're the types of stories that now in my adult years, I'm trying to recreate that sort of energy, that sort of fueling, that sort of emotional connection to uh, hopefully to, uh, to inspire a new generation of readers and a new generation of women. So that's probably about all I've got for uh, for this episode. Um, thank you again for listening. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying your, your cuppa, and hopefully I haven't made you late for work. Happy Monday, or happy whenever you're listening. Uh, just wanted to say ciao for now. Till next time, this is Pim signing off.